Blog Talk Radio. Too sexy for this girl, too sexy for your girl, too sexy for this world, too sexy for this ice, too sexy for that jack, yeah, yeah, I'm too sexy for this chain, too sexy for your game, too sexy for this fame, yeah, yeah, I'm too sexy for the trap, too sexy for that... Yo, that was Drake bringing us in, and we are too sexy on a Monday night coming to you with the No Huddle Show. Uh, we got Sora uh, live up in Michigan, so he'll be joining us remotely. How you doing? How you doing today, Sam? I'm doing all right, brother. How are you? Uh, just good. you know, it's going to be a Monday night of uh, Green Bay and Detroit. So, yeah. Speaking of uh, Green Bay and Detroit, I want to uh, call out. Uh, some brothers that are going to be playing today, uh, Amon Ra and, and Equinemius St. Brown. Um, some more of the interesting names that I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, I wonder how their parents came up with one sounds like an Egyptian god, Amon Ra, and Equinemius sounds like a disease. Um, yeah, I, I, you know what? You, uh, you have me completely stumped on that one. I have no clue what their parents were thinking when they named both of them. But you know what? It's going to be very interesting. It'll be a little bit of a like a, you know, football version of Steph Curry versus Seth Curry. You know? Yeah, except we got Amonra and Epidemius. So yeah, I uh, man. So there's this new uh, pizza joint by us, okay? And they're famous for their Chicago style deep dish pizza. And I always wondered what the term pizza pie came from. But if there's any pizza that is more of a pie, it's got to be Chicago style deep dish. You know, you got the sauce and stuff on top and everything's stuck into the into the actual pizza. The toppings aren't on top. But pie came from. But we put it up on our poll question. Is, the, is Chicago style deep dish a pizza or a pie? And currently, with 70% of the vote, Pie is the going answer. So I wanted to get. To I, I think it's pie too. I think it's a casserole, man. It's so uh, heavy and filling and massive. It's it's more of a pie. And I think when I think pizza, I think something a little bit more thinner. You have some toppings that are on top of the cheese. You have a nice golden crust, crispy crust. You know, good undercarriage. That's what a pizza is. It's a slice. Yeah. So instead you slice. say, slice let me get pizza. a coke and a slice, and that's yeah. what uh, it's a regular slice of pizza and a, and a coke, a medium coke or a small coke, you know. That's what I think too, man. I I'm not a big fan of the Chicago deep style, deep dish, but some people swear by it. But I I prefer my pizza a little bit on the thinner side. So I mean, I'm in Detroit, so you have the Detroit deep dish style, which is like a like the Detroit in between, style. I think. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit I'm, of an in between because it's not super thick like Chicago style is and it's not thin like New York style is. It's and it's square. It's not round. So I, I like the square pizza man. I gotta say. I am a big fan of the square. I um, think you get more slices with square, right? If you feel like you get more slices, more out of it at least. I don't know. With the square? Yeah, with square you can cut the squares into smaller pieces almost and like Get so the reason why they went square actually was when the immigrants came to Michigan, the Greeks and uh, the Italians when they came to, to Detroit, um, they they it was a lot easier to bake it on this large pan and feed like a family of ten. You know, oh, that's man. where the square pies came from. Look at Sam coming with the knowledge, man. I mean, you know, a little bit of a food connoisseur, and I'm out here in Michigan ten years. I got to know this stuff, right? Well, that's good. That's good to know, man. Um. So I wanted to uh, get uh, get some takes. We had a crazy NFL football weekend, uh, a lot of good games. Um, I wanted to talk first with this Baltimore Ravens game, the Chiefs uh, ending up our Sunday night game, man. Uh, Mahomes did typical Mahomes things. Um, I don't know if you saw that crazy Travis Kelsey 40-plus yard touchdown where he basically was – mowed over all the Baltimore Ravens defenders, but that that was insane, man. I, but I thought, no, I, th- I thought I thought it was definitely a good game. I apologize, I'm walking outside, so if you hear some insects and things of that nature, again, apologies. But um, you know, I thought it was a great game. I thought that it was it lived up to its hype, the marquee hype, Jackson versus Mahomes. I think the Chiefs badly need a run game. Tr- Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not the is is not the answer. 
No, he doesn't seem to be, and it almost seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but when they had Damian Williams a few years ago, he almost seemed to do better as the lead back than what they've gotten out of CEH. Well, Damian Williams was 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 great. You know, he was he was exactly the um, <clears throat> he was exactly the running back that uh, you know the coach required. You know, in the system that they're built in. Why Why do you think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is uh, struggling so much? So I think uh, again, it's just my outside opinion. I think his running between the tackles, his vision, it's almost like it's not there. It's non-existent, you know. Um, I, I see Swift being the right pick. Granted, his injury history, you know, has been up and down. But when they when they drafted Hilaire, Swift was still available on the board, and I thought Swift was a better player to grab. And um, I don't know. I you know when they took Clyde Edwards Hilaire out of LSU, I know he was on the national title team. He put up some good stats the one year he started in 2019. Uh, he, threw, he ran for 1,400 yards. He uh, had, you know, uh, I believe uh, 16 touchdowns that year, averaged 6.6 yards a carry. Um, but that doesn't seem to be translating to the NFL level. And you can't – when you got a great quarterback and, they can't, and a defense cannot stack the box on you – because for fear that Patrick Mahomes will catch you deep, there should be no reason why he's not getting at least 4.3 yards a carry or four and a half yards a carry. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So Hilaire, like that—that's the thing. You know, the, the way that the packages, the defenses are given them, those packages are actually favorable for him, but he just can't take advantage of the opportunities that. And they don't have a bad O-line. They have a semi-decent O-line, I would say. Yeah, they they made some changes in the offseason. They brought in some guys after the, the O-line was kind of dismantled in the Super Bowl. But a lot of people forget they were missing two starters in the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, I, I got to say, I was impressed with uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, that jump throw he made for the touchdown to Marquis Brown was amazing. But – yeah, he overcame his two picks, definitely. Definitely overcame his two picks. You know? He overcame his two picks, but this is the second game in a row where we haven't seen him really throw the ball all that well. Um, I don't – I'm not saying he has to change his game up to an extent, but Russell Wilson can throw the ball downfield and get you 350 yards passing. And I, I, I know Lamar Jackson's built a little bit differently than Russell Wilson – but I don't know how long, how much longer he can keep up carrying the entire offense, rushing the ball for – he ran for 107 yards and two touchdowns yesterday, threw for 239. At some point, though, I feel like he's going to have to take that next step. And I, I don't know, is it a lack of receivers in Baltimore, or why doesn't it seem like he, he's throwing the ball downfield effectively anymore? Because I, I remember the year he won the MVP – he, he routinely had 40, 50 yard completion to people, and it doesn't. It seems like since that year, uh, he's regressed as a downfield passer. I think the, uh, you would say that the that the Ravens added like you know some talent with uh, Hollywood Brown. They got Mark Andrews locked up. They brought in Sammy Watkins this year. It's still not enough. It's still not enough. They need a true number one. They don't have a number one receiver. They don't. Yeah. Whereas Mahomes has two, in my opinion. He has, uh, you know, Tyree Kill, obviously, and then he has Travis Kelsey, who's just as good as he might as well be a number one. Yeah, he is. And then, you know, to me, I feel like McCole Hardman is basically on the same level as Marky Brown, right? They are similar, in my opinion. Yeah, they're speedsters that try to get past the safety line you know, uh, on the packages just so they can beat them on a 60-yard or a 50-yard. Basically what Ruggs did yesterday, you know, is what these guys are built for, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I wasn't surprised uh, by this game. Uh, you and I both picked the Ravens, although they didn't cover the three-and-a-half-point home spread. Uh, but this didn't surprise me. Uh, there was a time, though, it looked like in this game – that the Chiefs were going to kind of run away. I believe they got up to a 28-17 to 17 lead, and then they were getting the ball back again after the Ravens couldn't move the ball. 
but they, the Ravens hung around. Uh, they were able to limit Tyreek Hill, and I guess which was huge. That was a big factor in, in what they were able to do. Yeah, that uh, that played a big part um, in in them uh, ultimately winning this game. Uh, you know, they can say they got the money, their the monkey. I'm sorry, the money, the monkey off their back, but. To me, they're still going to have to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. Um, a regular season, especially a regular season that's now 17 games. Right, that AFC probably still runs through the Chiefs. You know. Yeah, to be honest I, would, with you. I would definitely say so. Uh, moving on to another game, uh, you know, we're going to cover a couple of games, and then we're also going to talk in our next segment about uh, some rookie quarterback struggles. But uh, we have the Bengals and the Bears. Um Burrow, at one point in this game, threw three straight interceptions on three straight possessions. Listen, you know what? I feel your pain because Zach Wilson did pretty much the exact same thing, except he topped him and gave him four. Um, Burrow was sacked four times. The offensive line is still an issue in Cincinnati. Uh, Mixon carried the ball 20 times for 69 yards. Uh, Typical Mixon fashion, right? What do you say? Yeah, that, that's what you'll get at. You'll get at, that's how much you'll get out of Mixon if you give him twenty carries against a decent run D. Right, and he wasn't a factor in the past game. He caught one pass or two yards, so wasn't a huge factor in this game. Uh, the Bengals defense did really well, though. I thought they limited David Montgomery to just sixty-one yards on twenty carries. Uh, but the story here is the offensive line play, man. Um, I was uh yeah, for 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 a for a a quarterback coming off of an ACL rookie quarterback he, he can't be taking that many hits you know he can't yeah no i agree it's um it, it's concerning uh to the point that i don't know how far the Bengals are going to go um they they almost came back they almost came back on the bears um you know uh, they almost got this one uh, as a win for them. Um, but the defense for the Bengals through two games has looked pretty stout, limiting Dalvin Cook and David Montgomery both to under 70 yards rushing. Um, how far do you think the Bengals get – let me ask you this. Let me reverse it. How many wins do you think the Bengals can get this year? So I haven't really taken a look at the rest of their schedule, but they always have tough matchups with Pittsburgh and the Ravens, right? You know, um, you're you're constantly going to have bad divisional games against elite competition like that. But then I don't know how the rest of their schedule is for the year. You know, if I had to take a look at their schedule, again, this is not knowing their schedule, I would say maybe five or six wins. Well, I, I kind of have them pegged in that area, six or seven wins this year. Um, my concern is the O-line. Uh, the Bears did nothing in this game to make me think that they're going to be a legitimate competition. I think that I think that NFC North is such a poor division that the Packers could win maybe nine or ten games and win the division because Detroit's not going to do right. anything here. The right. Bears aren't going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. seem to be – on the down on the downswing. So, well, Minnesota's going to be losing Dalvin Cook. I don't know, probably for a couple of games at least, right? So you're, you're again that that North division has still has Minnesota in it. All those northern teams, Green Bay has the best opportunity, you know, to to, to stand out of all those teams. Everyone else is shit. Yeah, I agree. Game. Um, it looked almost like last night or the, uh, on Sunday the Cowboys did what we talked about them needing to do, which they jumped out to a 14-3 to lead, and then they milked the ball and ran the ball. Uh, Dak Prescott threw 27 passes, no touchdowns, one interception, while Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott combined for nearly 30 carries and over an almost uh, in 180 yards. Um I think this is, like we talked about on Friday, if Dallas wants to win games, this is what they're going to have to do because that defense is just not good. I Granted, they kind of kept Justin Herbert in check. He was 31-41 for 338, one touchdown, two picks. But the Cowboys defense, I think, in spurts can be good. But if, you're, if you go out there and chuck the ball 55, 60 times at Dak Prescott and you're asking that defense to come. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They have they're to not going to win a shootout. They're not going to win a shootout. They're going to have to go in with the lead, in, into the fourth with the lead, and then churn out 
eat-up clock. Exactly. That's that's exactly what they did in this game. They jumped out to the 14-3 to lead, and then they just kind of grinded things out. Um, the, Tony Pollard all of a sudden has, like, Tevin Coleman, Atlanta, uh, you know, Falcons type of value, standalone flex type of value, value now all of a sudden. He looks very good. He looks like the better. He looks hungrier than Zeke. He looks yeah, he like does. he is ready to go. Um, you know what he, what he reminds me of? He reminds me of the way Eckler kind of came out when, when, when Melvin Gordon was, like, having issues with his contract out in, uh, with the Chargers. Um, to me, the story of this game, though, was the penalties. Um, eight penalties, 76 yards to the Cowboys, 12 penalties, totaling 99 yards to the Chargers. Now, we talked about time of possession, grinding the clock down. Dallas lost a time of possession battle, but not by much. They lost it by about a minute. But they outgained the Chargers on the ground, 198 to 95. That 100-yard that disparity almost 100-yard disparity is definitely uh, – it, it'll change a game. It can it can change a game. Yes. Now, what I want to know is – I get it. Austin Eckler was a big part of their passing game. He saw nine targets. He caught all of them for 61 yards. But the dude was gaining yards on the ground. He had nine – why did San Diego stop running the ball? He only had they, I don't know why San Diego abandons the run out of fear. I think that they – their their coach and how they do their play calling, I think it's kind of conservative. Like I, I feel like the moment that they get behind, they abandon the run. Like traditional, if they had grinded it out with some more runs, I think they would have had a better shot at the game. I mean, it was fourteen to eleven at halftime, so you're only down a field goal, right? It's not like it's some. It's not like you're down. But but they abandoned the run when they were down fourteen three though. A yeah. bit, you know. And, and, I mean, Eckler... It went to panic a little bit. He was averaging six yards a carry. Uh, he was... He was he had a lot of good runs. He was constantly getting positive yards, and then they just quit running the ball. I mean, granted, I'm, you know, as an Austin Eckler owner in my fantasy team, I'm happy with the nine catches for 61 yards. I would have been even happier. If yeah, but if you were in a standard league, those it would just be those 98, 91 yards. It wouldn't be those catches yeah, along with it. Exactly, exactly. And and that's, to me, Eckler, um, he's got to get the ball. He's got to carry the ball at least 14 to 15 times a game. you got to, I mean, even if that means the receptions go down from, like, eight, nine to, like, six or seven, you've got to get them at least 14 or 15 carries. Um, the Chargers, Herbert's still young. People forget, you know, he's only a second-year player. He, there's going to be growing pains, um, especially in the Chargers are expected to be a playoff team this year. So they're, they're going to have to figure something a lot, out. A lot of high expectations, a ton, yeah. a ton of high, you know, expectations for a second-year quarterback. But – that's only because he played lights out last year, right? So, yeah. you know, he – and I think we m- m- mentioned this, I would say, maybe a couple of shows ago. I don't, I don't quite remember. But I know we had ha- had a conversation about this year now with the fans coming back into the stadiums. The last year's offensive explosion will be stymied a bit, you know, with yeah. crowds, uh, you know, changing momentum. And you have, you know, home field advantage actually being home field advantage, you know? And so. Chargers played at home in this game. and Right, I know, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying like Josh Allen regression, Justin Herbert regression. It's not sure. regression. It's just last year they played in empty stadiums, That's and they true. just went in with the game plan. It felt like practice almost, you know, a bit. That's true. And there's what the, – so I mentioned uh, Herbert's two interceptions. They were both in red zone territory. Yeah, One, and they were ugly picks, I'll be honest with you. They were not yeah. nice picks, you know. It's not like, ooh, you know, they were kind of semi-ugly, ugly enough to be called ugly, right? Yep. So we'll see what the Chargers can do moving forward. But uh, it was an ugly game, um, an ugly game for the offense. Speaking of ugly, Buffalo just trounces Miami. We don't need to spend a ton of time on this one. But Buffalo just, I mean, I don't know if it was Tua getting hurt early and the Dolphins having to go to Jacoby Brissett, but this game was over before it even got started. And Josh Allen didn't even have that nice of a game. He had a crap game. And as a Josh Allen owner, I'm pissed because I only got 16 and a half points out of him. But nonetheless, 
because I saw Zach Moss and and, Sing, and Singletary steal rushing touchdowns from Josh Allen, you know, yeah. or passing possibly, you know. But nonetheless, you know, it was a it was definitely a trouncing, you know. Uh, they kind of just fell apart, and it's really easy to get into blowouts with um, divisional foes, you know. I, yeah. I think divisional games are trap games because either the the game completely surprises you and the underdog wins. Or it's a complete ass whooping, which is what was expected, or you know, or nobody expected, or you know, whatever it is. It's the opposite of whatever you think it is. Monday night game, we got the Packers and we got uh, Detroit. This- boo, Detroit, boo. <laughs> this this game. Also- I have Packers D going in tonight and Aaron Jones, and I need 15 points to win. It has to happen. Well, all right, it's going to happen. I think I think you're going to be okay. Now, I, I did. I read this story where this dude put twenty five dollars down on a fifteen team parlay, and if Detroit wins tonight, he wins seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. If you know what that guy who who that guy is, like add him on, t- uh, like send him a tweet. You know, yeah. hoping that he that he That's hits fine. it. Do some, I'm gonna do some research because he didn't tweet bet. it. Tweet him and tell him good luck because I hope he wins. I do too because he didn't bet the point spread. He just all straight up. And if the Lions win, but tonight, it's a 15 game parlay is insane, man. The, the 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 margin of error is zip zero. You know, zero. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy, but I think I I don't know. I think Rodgers is gonna bounce back. I think I think he's I I definitely think that he's going to bounce back. I I think you know um, uh, Adams is due for a big game. Jones is due for a big game. Rodgers is due for a big game. You know. Now this was uh, brought up to me or not brought up to me brought to my attention. I was listening to the uh, Dan Levitard show, and uh, there's a couple guys on that show that were asking, "Is Aaron Rodgers purposefully trying to tank this season?" Oh no, I definitely don't believe that, man. No, no, I don't. He's at that age, man. He's 37. What do you mean purposely tank, you know? He's gotten this year or not, you know? So I think he still needs to show that he can still swing and do what he has to. Or else he's going to turn into Ben Roethlisberger, and they're going to look look at him and be like, oh, yeah, you know, he's at his, he's at the end of his, you know, game. You know, the basically when, when Peyton Manning was throwing those ducks, you know, yeah. wobbly footballs, you knew his, his career was kind of done up, you know? Well, the uh, the early signs are pointing Detroit as they have gone up seven to nothing currently. Um, oh, that's terrible! On a drive where Jared Goff was four for four for sixty-eight yards and a touchdown pass, two of those ca- two of those uh, catches going to Quintez Cephas for fifty-one yards and a touchdown. That's terrible. So let's see if Green Bay can answer. Um, could all the off-season turmoil uh, have affected this team? Sam. I'm sorry. Sorry. Well, sorry. I got cut off. What was the last thing you said? Could all the off-season turmoil have uh, have be affecting this team? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's the off-season turmoil. I think it's just you know getting it together. These guys just kind of need to just get it together and move. I I I hate the fact that they're already down seven-zero. I can't believe this. <laughs> I'm gonna end up losing fantasy because of Green Bay defense, and I hate them. Yeah, well, I already I lost hate fantasy. Uh, as I had a number of players not show up. But uh, uh, I wanted to go now to – we had several rookie QBs not look the best, uh, starting with Trevor Lawrence here uh, against Denver, who has a fairly good defense. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was 14-33 for just 118 yards and one touchdown and two picks. What do you make so far of Trevor Lawrence? Now, some people are already saying this was the wrong pick. I think it's way too early. We're two games into the guy's career, and he's on a bad team. Um, typically, when you see quarterbacks taken in the top ten of the draft, they're usually going to bad teams, and guys that go in the end of the first round are usually going to better teams, uh, so they have a better chance to succeed because they're not asked to do as much. What do you think of Trevor Lawrence so far? I think Trevor Lawrence fell into a shit situation. You know, um, I think Trevor Lawrence deserves a better coach than Urban Meyer. Um, Trevor Lawrence can be in in the NFL. He just needs the right coach, you know. And for that matter, I would even say um, 
Hey, man. Uh, if I put Trevor Lawrence on mm, the Falcons, he may do well, you know, better, I think. Yeah. You know, you have a, a true number one in Ridley there. You have something built there, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, I take that back. I, I, why did I say Atlanta? I meant to say New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans. Stacked with weapons. You have, a, you have again, healthy Michael Thomas, um, yeah. you know, Alvin Kamara, good O-line. Yeah, I could see him doing very well with Sean Payton as his coach, not Urban Meyer. But the thing is, Atlanta also had the chance to take a quarterback early. Yeah, yeah. Pick, and yeah. they declined to take a quarterback. Now, they went pits, right? So. Yeah, they went at number four. Um it's fine. Maybe they thought they could squeeze a couple more years out of Matt Ryan. Uh, he doesn't look that way now. But Trevor Lawrence, no one was – the thing is, I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. He had another year of eligibility left, though. He knew Jacksonville had the number one pick. He could have easily sat, played another year. Do you, yeah. Do you think it would have been wise for him to play another year and then and then see who ends up with the – now, it could have been very possible that if he skips this year – Jacksonville takes another quarterback. I, I don't know who they would have taken number one at that time. They might have still been bad. They might have traded out of the number one as well. You know? They might have traded out of the number one. So he still could have gone back and still been recycled into Jacksonville. But there's also a chance he goes to a team that's got a good infrastructure that maybe is going to be bad this year. Like, let's take Minnesota, for instance. Minnesota has the look of a team that doesn't really believe in what the coach is saying anymore. And this is and this is Kirk Cousins last year. And of, this is Kirk money, last year. guaranteed money. There with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. Could you imagine if Trevor Lawrence got if they got the number one pick and Trevor Lawrence fell into that situation? Oh yeah, way better, way yeah. better. He's way in a in a way better situation in that case again. And I would say, for the pure reason of one thing and one thing only, the weapons aside, but. Dude, that O-line is going to make sure he doesn't take hits. Cousins does not take that many hits, man. That O-line's pretty decent when it comes to, you know, protecting yeah. their quarterback. They're, they're good. They gave Dalvin Cook room to run last year. They did. The O-line is very good. Uh, the defense is a little suspect right now. Uh, defense, they lost a bunch of people, too. You know, they yeah. lost some people on defense. They brought Griffin back, Everson Griffin back. But that's not enough. That's not enough. Um. Some people, uh, moving on to the next one, some people are sounding the alarm on Zach Wilson after his rough game against the Patriots. I, for one, am not. This is what Bill Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks. He is 24th all time against Look, look, it's not just the fact that it's Bill Belichick, but I'm, I like the fact that the head coach and the OC is letting him sling it. Make your mistakes, dude. It's okay. Make yeah. your mistakes, just don't make the same ones again. That is the that is the only thing I would preach is, and I don't think that I'm calling quits on Zach Wilson. Absolutely not. Zach Wilson is still our quarterback. He, and and again, I just have hope that he grows from it. Right. So. I think he will, but if you look at, there's been a lot of. There were some ugly picks, though, man. There were some dumb, dumb picks. But there was a lot of quarterbacks that Bill Belichick that are that are great quarterbacks that Bill Belichick has made look silly before. So, and some of these picks I'm watching, they went right through the receiver's hands. Yeah, they did. They did. And, uh, they did. That's the other thing is if I'm if I'm the Jets, you got to maybe go O line and more offensive weapons next year in the draft. You got to get them if you're picking in the top five next year in the draft. You got to go get another receiver. You got to go get the dude, I don't know who's going to be available. I haven't really looked at what receivers are top line coming out of college, uh, but you got to go get somebody that is. So I, I, I think primary thing is protection for uh, uh, for our QB, right? So O-line for sure. I would have, love to get a receiver, but I personally wouldn't mind going out and grabbing a veteran receiver that, you know, might be good bridge for a young quarterback, right? There's a lot of receivers like Emmanuel Sanders is past that point, but at one point Emmanuel Sanders was that that kind of bridge, you know, for a young quarterback or even for like a uh, an aging quarterback. He did really well for Drew Brees, you know, um, you know, when he was there, uh, a little bit of an aging quarterback. So like you need help. You need a smart receiver. And 
Our receiving core is absolutely garbage, man. I'm sorry. They're just... Aside from Corey Davis. Aside from Corey Davis. Oh, yeah. Corey Davis is good. Okay, fine. Corey Davis is Corey Davis. But aside from Corey Davis, the whole receiving core is just... It doesn't have an identity. It doesn't have an identity. And you have to give it an identity. And I'm really hoping Elijah Moore takes the next step. But I mean, last 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 game, he did, he got involved a bit, you know? Yeah. He didn't go. He didn't go nuts. He got involved. And but team looked okay between Ty Johnson and Michael Carter, but uh, no, no, the one game definitely needs work. So I'd go, I'd gamble on a fourth rounder next year. Like, give me your, give me a good running back that to take a to take a stab with, you know, next year, since you know college. I mean, a fourth I rounder, let's say. You know, someone who would be considered a mid round pick, I can tell you, like, there's probably going to be. Um, a few guys that you could probably snag in the third round or so um, going down. Um, you know, you got someone like uh, Mohamed Ibrahim at Minnesota, who's a fantastic back. I don't know, though, if he would go higher than the third round, uh, especially coming off an injury. Um, you have someone like Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. Um, so I don't know where these guys are going to go. Um, it's like, you know, kind of just depends on how, how things play out. Um, I like Tyler Goodson out of Iowa. I really like CJ Verdell out of Oregon. Uh, those are some of the top backs in college. Um, I, you know, I don't know where backs, backs won't, I, I think next year, I think people are going to learn very quickly that, you know, running back early is uh, a waste of a draft pick. You're not yeah, building back end on anything. 20, like 23rd, 25th, you know, I, I think if you're picking in the back half. But even then, you would have to be like a Derrick Henry, right? Like a Heisman winner or something, right? To go. Taking in the first round. I know. I, that's the funny thing. That I, I'm, I'm, Again, I'm saying that because I still think the running backs are, the value is just not there. You find your Derrick Henry equivalent in the fourth round in Kareem Hunt. You know? Yeah. yeah I mean. Granted, there are some good backs that were taken the first round, uh, like Chris McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor, that seemed to hold some value. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Anymore in this game, in this day and age, I think I think if you can find a running back in the second or third round that becomes a pro bowler, the better, better off you are. I agree with that. Um, once again, guys, if you are listening – Please call in 563-999-3761. Tell us, uh, tell us what you think. Uh, you can find us on Audible as well as Amazon Podcast No Huddle Show with Mike and Sam. We are working on a new graphic uh, logo. Uh, the logo is hideous, I know. Uh, it was something I put together just to set us apart a little bit, uh, but I have no graphic design experience, so that's why it looks like a toddler did it, so I apologize. But... Um, uh, keeping with uh, some of the rookie quarterbacks, Sam, uh, Justin Fields finally got his time to shine because Andy Dalton goes out with an injury, and he did anything but shine. He looked he, he looked terrible, bro. He looked ter- He looked out of place. So when he was lighting up second stringers and third stringers in preseason, that was all fun and you know that was dandy. That was great, you know. But live crowd again, live crowd, first stringers now on every down for the entire game, yeah, uh, you get to see what Justin Fields is made of. He, he needs time. He needs a lot more time. I, you know. see, I don't know if I agree. He didn't look great, um, although he he was able to scramble around. He got had 10 carries for 31 yards. He threw a really bad interception that got the Bengals back into the game. Uh, but for kind of having to go in on the fly with Dalton going down, I thought he was okay. Now I don't know if he's going to start next week. Um, you have uh, what you would call it. Um, you know the Browns. You have the Browns coming up. I don't know if Dalton is going to be healthy. But no, I, Dal- I think they're saying Dalton ACL, right? I think that's no, what that I, no, no. There's ACL. And okay, just okay. FYI for you, uh, uh, what you would call Aaron Jones uh, caught a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. Yes, <laughs> let's go. Let's keep it moving now. <laughs> Nothing like a little fantasy update mid-show. So yeah, yeah. I just got to cut from my boy Sam here. Just make sure his fantasy team's doing okay. Hey man, you know what? Thanks, bro. I appreciate the support because this week I need it badly. I was up. I had like a ninety-four percent percentage to to win, 
Yeah. And then Lamar Jackson came and shat on my squad. Pretty uh, well, I had Lamar Jackson going uh, as well, but he couldn't. Yeah, but the guy I was going up against had Patrick Mahomes, and so. Okay. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough. Yeah. That's a tough matchup. Um. Uh, so, I wanted to ask you, Sam. Um. You know, before we move on to our next segment, who, what was the biggest? surprise from the sports weekend this past weekend it doesn't have to necessarily be football but what was the biggest surprise to you uh that stood out from this past weekend give me a top three give me a top okay. three to let's make it interesting uh one was the gluttony of injuries happening to the 49ers my yet. god my that- god what's going on everyone's hurt um, they lost uh, Jermichael. Hasty is now out for the next few weeks. Raheem Mostert's already gone. Elijah, Elijah Mitchell's banged up. Trey Sermon has a concussion, so he might not be able to play Sunday night. Um, so the, the gluttony of injuries for the 49ers is extremely surprising to me um, once again. Um, I'm going to take uh, the complete meltdown by the Cincinnati Reds. Um, over the weekend um, where they can't even get a win against the lowly Pittsburgh Pirates. Who are and that's wild. when they're chasing the, the wild card, man. You guys are chasing the wild card. Come on, Reds. Get your shit together, man. They've lost. They dropped two in a row out in that series already, and now they're losing to Pittsburgh two to nothing in the bottom of the second. Um, that's another disappointing and surprising thing. Um, and the uh, last uh, surprising thing from the sports weekend uh, for me was Antonio Brown not getting in on the action of a 48-point bonanza being held to just one catch for 17 yards, with, which killed my fantasy team. So I had Mike Evans going, and I knew there was, a, there was a bounce back game coming. So Big Mike did his job, got me two TDs, did his work, you know. But the problem is that, Offense is revolving, and the only constant I see right now between two weeks is Godwin and Gronk. To be completely yeah. honest with you, besides that, the one and two really—I mean, sorry, the one and three in this case. So, like Mike Evans is still the number one, I think, on that team. Yeah, he demands yeah. The, the the best corner whenever he lines up, and the number two Godwin's—you know—he's taking advantage of of number two corners, you know, and then you have A B. At three, which I think A.B. and Godwin could be kind of equal-ish if A.B. was able to get the same looks that Godwin gets. And then Gronk is just surprising everybody, man. Fucking two games in, four touchdowns. He looks like 2012, you know, Rob Gronkowski, right? Yeah, he does. And he's Uh, making some crazy catches. Dude, that catch in the end zone, my God. I would have never thought that he still had it in him to do that. I just think, man, these guys, Brady and Gronk, were tired. They had won Super Bowls. I feel like they were tired yeah. of the constant, like, thumb pressing, being under the thumb of Bill Belichick. They just wanted to go and have fun. And if you if you throw a healthy um, Amendola, Welker, or Edelman on that Tampa Bay squad, you'll see the same results. Just yeah. like – Again, camaraderie of many years of working together. You know defenses. You know what angles the receiver likes. He knows all that about Rob, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. So I wanted to get to this part. Uh, we didn't get to it on Friday. Um, this was- I'm sorry. I, I would have to go, sorry, with your first one. Oh, sorry, go ahead. With the 49ers, with all their injuries. That was the most yeah. crazy game that – I have seen in a long time with so many running backs just going out, dropping like flies. Yeah. They're going to end up having Debo Samuel rush. <laughs> Seriously, man. Or they're going to go find somebody off the street to go run the ball for them. See, this is where they probably need a Le'Veon Bell or a Devonta Freeman, the guys that are, like, unemployed, you know, sitting on practice squad. Not unemployed, though. They're on the Ravens. I, I, I mean, there's, again, there, uh, Devonta had two carries for 29 yards. Yes, I, I, I know that. But what I mean, up until recently, they were on practice squads or, or unemployed, you know. So the, the yeah. Niners should have picked up one of those guys, man. Seriously? They, the, Kyle Shannon's stupid for not doing that. Maybe you can go get Brandon Jacobs. I hear and I would say Freeman makes the most sense because he, he knows his offense from, from Atlanta, you know? Yeah. It's a no-brainer almost. Well, where's um, 
one of the other backs from Atlanta, Ito Smith. I don't know. Ito Smith ended up somewhere else. He's not. He got cut by the Falcons, and he ended up somewhere. I have no clue. No clue. He is. But Mike uh, Davis looks awful. He looks absolutely awful. awful bro. Uh, Ito Smith is currently on uh, the practice squad of Minnesota Vikings. Why not go grab? Go get Ito Smith. Yeah, I, he knows Kyle Shanahan's offense. You know. Um, he he was Freeman's backup when oh no it was Coleman actually Edo Smith wasn't there Shani was gone by the time Smith was there fun as as uh, as a backup and um, he had a couple good games too a couple years ago why didn't they keep Coleman they should have kept Tevin Coleman I they had him last year I don't know why they didn't keep him. They didn't have him last year Niners had him yeah that's what I'm saying Kyle Shanahan had him last year like he had he had the same Tevin Coleman in Atlanta when he was. Freeman's backup. They should have kept Coleman. They have like 25 running backs, and none of them can stay healthy. Jeff Wilson isn't due to come off the pup list till like week seven. Oh, uh, Michael Hasty, Raheem Mostert. You know, you draft Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell, and none of these guys can stay healthy. I, I just don't get it, man. I, I don't get it. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Let's move on. All right. So, we didn't cover this, but Kendrick Perkins had a lot to say on the jump the other day with what he thinks about – oh, wait, did we did we talk about the Lakers winning 70 already? I can't remember now. This, all these episodes are blending together. and I'm oh, uh, we, we touched on it, and we thought it was a, it was a complete joke. Uh, I, at least I thought it was a joke, winning yeah. 70. Ah, okay. There's no chance. Uh, no chance. Okay, so we did cover it. So, yeah, as you can see, guys, my uh, my memory is starting. This is why we need a producer. I'm about to just go hire a producer and just pay them peanuts until this thing takes off. So, you know. Maybe we can pay them with some Buzz Brewing. Buzz Brewing, come on, man. This is like a second show in a row. I'm putting it out there. Again, Friday's coming up. Get us something before Friday. It's still not not answering my tweets. It it breaks my heart. It hurts. It hurts. Speaking of tweets, let's uh, let's check the polls that we put out here earlier earlier today and see uh, how we're doing with them. Um. Here we go. Is Chicago deep dish pizza, pizza or pie? 75% say pie. Worst NFL franchise to be a fan <laughs> of. We have the Bengals, the Browns, the Jaguars, and the Lions. And the Jaguars and Lions are tied at 50% each with no votes going for the Bengals and Browns yet. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. What do you think about that? What, what, uh, if you had a vote, uh, in our poll, who would you vote for for the worst NFL franchise to be a fan of? Oh, the Jags, by far. Yeah, it's, there's, like, no redeeming by quality far. about Jackson. There's no coming back from it. Like, even in its, their heyday with Mark Brunel and Fred Taylor, and, you know, they had two decent receivers back then. Yeah. Um, well, even in their heyday, they were, what, like, 10 and 6, you know? 11 and 5. The, 11 and 5. All right, fine, but how far did they go in the playoffs? Not to this not, they made the AFC Championship game. Oh, they did. Okay, who did they lose to? That is a good question. I want to say it was the Patriots when the Patriots uh, went on. Makes sense. The Drew Bledsoe Patriots. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. But you know, it, it the Jaguars just don't. You know, at least with like some of these other teams, the Browns have a history, right? They they were. Uh, well, they relocated, right? So the Browns were originally in like what Baltimore? No, the Browns. No. The, the Ravens were the Browns. Oh, sorry, the Ravens were the Browns. Yeah, so then to see the Ravens win basically a couple Super Bowls with what was the Browns roster, especially the 2000 Super Bowl, uh, right. which is made up of mostly Browns players still because the team, I think, left in, like, 96. Right. That had to have been heartbreaking. But um, the Browns at least have history, and the things are looking up in Cleveland right now. Uh, the Bengals, uh, while they've not been great, um, they at least have some playoff. Hey, there. listen, it's not even that. The Bengals made the Super Bowl, don't forget. I mean, yeah, they lost twice. a very good Niners team, right? So, Twice, lost to Joe, Mon- Joe Montana. Ripped yeah, you, you, if you lose to the GOAT twice, you can't really – it's like Patrick Ewing saying we never made it out of the Eastern Conference Finals because of Michael Jordan, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, Or the Raptors never making it out until LeBron left, for that matter. That's true, and then until they got Kawhi as well. Right, right. Um, so I want to ask you, man. Um, I, it's too early, too early to hit the panic button in fantasy football. But 
Who do you think are some early fantasy football busts? Oh boy. Okay. Um, uh, bust. Um, Saquon Barkley is one. He was going. Yeah, hundred percent. I would say he he belongs in that. I think a lot of people put way too much pressure on um, Dalvin Cook. He won't get you your 15, 16 touchdowns that he got you last year. That's not going to happen. Uh, Derrick Henry turned out to be Derrick Henry, right? You give him the ball enough times, he'll get you whatever you want to get, you want you want out of him, right? Sure. So I wouldn't say Kamara is there yet because they don't have a functioning offense, really. Winston looked absolutely t- – he looked like James Winston normally he does, you know? did against – but I had – my gut told me that's why I continued to start the Carolina defense yesterday. Oh, I'm going to go grab them this week. They're still, it's still sitting out in the waivers for me. I, I have to go grab them. Grab them. Because their, their early schedule is very manageable. But I, I started them because James had to go now on the road outdoors to Carolina. He wasn't playing at home. My gut told me that he was either going to turn into turnover-prone Jameis or he just wasn't going to have that great of a game against Carolina on the road coming off the spanking of the uh, Packers. Uh, remind me, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, aren't they all within that same division, that South division? Yeah, the Panthers. It's another, divisional, it's another divisional game, isn't it? Yeah, it was a divisional game, yes. Yeah, so I, I, I hate divisional games. Man. Like I say, I keep saying it every week, every show, every time you hear me talk, I hate it because I've seen, you know, a terrible Buffalo team led by Ryan Fitzpatrick beat Tom Brady in the Patriots, you know, in the regular season, so... It makes no sense to me. And, like, no injuries, no nothing, nothing special. They just figured it out. Because yeah. they played them for God knows how many years. They've been in that division since the inception of the NFL, probably. Yeah. Um, it seems to me, also, James Robinson to the Jaguars has been a disappointment early. Uh, I, again, I, 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 he's a product of the, the coaching out there, so I think they will go more high volume running. So James, I think the verdict is oh, Ceh is, is belongs on that list. He's a bust upon bust upon bust. Yeah, so far, agree. And as a Ceh owner, I'm going to say it over and over: he sucks balls. The guy can't fucking run. How can you not play on a team that has Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, Hardman? Get out of here! Terrible, terrible. Ceh, you suck, bro. You gave me three points this week. Somebody's bad. Somebody is uh, angry. Oh, I should have taken Mixon when I had the chance. Fucking, I'm I'm an idiot. I I went with upside because the quarterback. I was like, all right, this guy's gonna finally get his shit together, and he's well, gonna yeah, have a decent year. It was a COVID rookie year, so a lot of people thought, okay, he's got a full off season now. He's got a year of the NFL under his belt. He's gonna come out like gangbusters. Now, like I said, it is not. It's not like this is week nine or week ten and he's still plodding along. It's only week two. These are early observations of who we are saying are busts right now. These, this could all change in a couple of weeks. But as of right now, these are our disappointments. I just want to I just want to point that out to our audience. Um, so as of right now, these guys have disappointed so far. Um, so those are some of our disappointments. Let's talk about some surprises, guys that are underrated. Um, Henry Ruggs the third. Well, yes. Yeah, okay, so go with your Henry Ruggs take, and I got someone on the same team that I'm also going to talk about. Go with your Henry Ruggs. All right, so uh, you probably going with Derek Carr, but, I mean, yes. <laughs> Henry Ruggs uh, had the game that everyone was expecting from him. And I, I should have played – if I had played Henry Ruggs this week, I would have won the week. Um, I should have played him because I looked at my occasions and I saw that, that Joe Hayden was out. And there was another corner that was out in a safety, I believe, for, for the Steelers that was out. So it made complete sense to start a speedy receiver once you have your top corners kind of out of the game, right? So yeah. I should have played him, but he showed up to be like what he is. He showed off his speed. You know, he broke off that 61-yarder beautifully. And I think Derek Carr had a little bit of a epiphany because I was reading an article about him, and he was the king of dump-offs, you know, for the last couple of years. Yeah. His, accuracy, his accuracy percentage – was hovering in the high 60s, 70s, because he was averaging 5.9 yards per, per, per pass or something like that, you know? And the, the, when he did take shots downfield, he was actually relatively pretty accurate, over 60%. Again, when he takes the shot over 30, 30 yards downfield, I think he kind of realized that, hey, listen, even on the long ball, I can probably 
hit my receiver in stride if I have the right person. Sure. You know? Sure. So um, he was definitely a big, you know, I think breakout. I think he might be a fringe WR2 flex candidate for the rest of the year. Very well could be. And, and, and so staying on the Raiders, Derek Carr has played two pretty good teams back-to-back, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, right? Um, he was 34-56 for 435 yards and two touchdowns against Baltimore, and he was 37 or 28-37 for 382 touchdowns, uh, 382 yards and two touchdowns against Pittsburgh. He scored respectively 45 points uh, for Yahoo. For I'm, I'm going to grab that car and, and have him as my backup now. He is 20. <laughs> he's only rostered in 27 percent of leagues across. I'm going to go grab him. I'm absolutely going to go grab him. <laughs> So, I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop Jacoby Myers for him. Actually, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm about to drop Justin Fields. That's not. I've not gotten to that point yet, but that's coming close. But I would have to say Derek Carr uh, was very underrated. Um, another guy that is blowing up so far that I thought was underrated because he was going in about the sixth or seventh, or between the fifth and seventh round in a lot of leagues is Tyler Lockett. Yes, absolutely. Because DK is asking for the number one corner, that leaves and Lockett's so good as a number two that he could take advantage of all those matchups, and he's great on the long ball. He is, and he he's got he's gotten twenty nine and forty three points respectively in Yahoo. Teams. It does it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt to have Russell Wilson throwing the ball to you as well, right? It does. It really doesn't. But man, Lockett was I thought, you know, being severely underdrafted in in leagues. I, you know, when I saw his average draft position and I saw where he was going at, and even in our league, uh, I think Tyler Lockett uh, was a fifth-round pick. He was the third pick of the fifth round. Um, some, some receivers that went above Lockett were Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, and, and, and Chris Godwin. And Honestly, I think he's outperforming all of them, especially when you consider DK Metcalf was a second-round pick in our league. But, but see, the, the crazy thing is that th- there's going to be weeks where you're going to want 12 from Lockett. He'll give you, like, five. You know? I mean, that's, man, the, that's the downfall of getting someone. Yeah. Like, when, you get in, when, you, when you're grabbing somebody that's, like, uh, uh, he, I wouldn't say he's boomer bust because he has a standard floor that he follows, but, like, you won't get those 20-point, 30-point explosions Always, you know, you have to be, you have to, you have to take them when you can get them. And then there's going to be a time where you're going to want 20 points out of him and he's going to give you six or eight. But that's also kind of true of Russell Wilson because it seems to me he shoots out of the gate early. The first I agree. eight weeks, he is on fire. On fire. He looks like the MVP the first eight, eight, eight weeks of the, of the season. Yeah. And then the, then the latter half of the year, all of a sudden, he'll start stringing games together where he's like, you know, 20 of 37 for 250 yards, one touchdown. one touchdown. So, yeah. So, one more player I wanted to throw out there. I think I should have bit the bullet and grabbed him when I saw him because he was available really late. I like Jamar Chase this year. Okay. Uh, even though he couldn't hold on to the football during preseason, he's actually looking like he's got very sharp route running skills, man. He, he, really, he can run run the routes very well. I think they have to get the rest of their offense together, but once they do, that's going to be another, like, I hate to give you the comp of Andy Dalton, A.J. Green, but that's what I can kind of give it right now, which was good. It was great, actually. When they made magic happen. So. Right, right. And I liked, I, 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 I very much liked that Bengals team that was, like, defensive-oriented, you know. Um, so, yeah, let's see. Uh, one last player I'll throw out there. Um, he kind of had a ho-hum week one. He only played sparingly, but he absolutely blew up in week two. Rondale Moore of Arizona. Um, through two games, he's seen 13 targets. He has 11 catches for 182 yeah, yards. Kyle Murray likes him, but then again, too many mouths to feed. So many mouths to feed in that offense, man. Kirk, is, Hopkins. Time, this is a team that doesn't run the ball. They don't have a running back. that Because they, they have Kyler Murray to run it. That's why. They do have Kyler Murray to run it. Kyle Murray also, last year, if you noticed, Arizona was in playoff contention, and then Kyler Murray got banged up. He struggled down the stretch, and this team didn't make the playoffs. So can, can Arizona, can they keep it going um, throughout the whole year? They play in a brutal division. Um, oh, it's very – that division is 
because you got the Niners, you got the Seahawks, you have the Rams. Um, it's tough. Tough. Yeah. And Arizona probably has the worst, if not the second worst, defense in that division. Yeah, but you know what's crazy? In, in any IDP league, if you were to take Chandler Jones week one and week two, you would be making out like a bandit. He had like yeah. five sacks in the first game, man. Unreal. Um, so our title of the show today, we had our worst sporting venues. So we're going to save this for the uh, best for last. Um, I've traveled around. I don't know about you, Sam, but I, I've been to a lot of different sporting venues. I've traveled around the country. I've, I've been, I've seen a lot. Um, I, I, I have my favorite places I've ever gone to catch a game and I have my least favorite and this isn't just, hey, the stadium's a dump, that's why it's worse. No. It's, it's, a lot of factors are involved for me. It's, it's experience. It's how crazy were the fans. It was seating, uh, views, um, you know, atmosphere, food, all this kind of stuff. Um, so, I mean, I might as well go first because you have, like, a plethora. You have a whole list. You're very – you know, into going to sporting events and things of that nature. I, you and I have been to a bunch of, a bunch of sporting events together yeah. and I get treated the exact same way at every sporting event. So I can't say that, uh, you know, treatment, specialty treatment. The only time I will say that never held true is because for about a year and a half, I had uh, Lexus box seat uh, at MetLife. Um, this is when uh, Mark Sanchez led, you know, Jets, Jets, Rex Ryan, Jets. So, I had awesome seats for a whole year because I knew the PR lady at the Jets at that time, and she had opened up an account. I worked at AT&T. Anyways, long story short, the worst, I would say, is probably uh, we went to a, a Pistons game uh, at, at Auburn Hills at the, at the Palace. I would say that's pretty, pretty high up there. The seats were fucking – they were bad. They were very uncomfortable. I like Little Caesars Arena a lot more than – yeah, a lot nicer, a lot nicer than the Palace. But I, I, I put the Palace up there. Palace was pretty bad. Uh, the, there was no energy in the crowd. Uh, the Pistons were, I think, awful at the time. They're always awful. So, I mean, yeah. that's besides the point, right? <laughs> but uh, for number one for me uh, was when I went on this baseball road trip, and I went to about six different stadiums across two weeks. And this is going to surprise you, and I'll, and I'll tell you exactly why I feel this way. But Yankee Stadium was one of the worst. I can see why. I can see why. The amount of money you pay for the ticket, number one. The seat that yeah. you get, number two. The cost of a goddamn beer is like fucking $13. It's yeah. unreal. And it's a, it's a it's piss water Coors Light that runs you about a dollar, maybe, $1.50. Yeah. And the people were not nice, man. Yeah, that's New York for you, man. They don't give a fuck about you. They just, they're so selfish. That is Dude, absolutely 100% New York. It was horrible. Like, nobody talked. Uh, everybody was rude. Like, especially compared, especially compared to, like, Fenway and, and Camden Yards where everybody. Bro, I loved, I loved Camden Yards. That's one of my Camden favorite ballparks to go to. I, the food. I love the brats. It's just great. Crab cake. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Because, it's again, it's, it's Maryland, right, Baltimore. So you have a, the seafood yeah. combination there. Crab cakes and football, that's what Maryland does. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I would have to say Yankee Stadium was one of the worst life. Um, another one that I just think, God, it's it's it was bad, man. And I, and I think this is the bias talking, but Three Rivers Stadium where the Steelers used to play, and I hate the Steelers. I hate them with a passion. I, you know, if their bus was on fire, I wouldn't call nine one one to put. But yeah, the, the Three River Stadium was a dump. The the seats were just not comfortable. A lot of uh, people say that about the Raiders, the old Raiders Stadium. That yeah. was. I've never been there, so I can't really. Neither have I. But yeah, it was. That was it. Was pretty awful, man. But. uh that, that those are some of the worst sporting venues. Uh, I might have to make a comprehensive. Hey, make a make it a poll, man. Hey, make it a poll. Make it a poll. Oh yeah, good call. Uh, yeah, we're gonna put it up on the poll. I'm gonna put a couple worst sporting venues. Uh, so go ahead and vote on that poll. But that is all the time we have today. Uh, so thank you for joining us. You can catch us on Twitter 
at no huddle with my, uh, uh, underscore with MS. Um, catch us on Audible as well as Amazon Podcasts as well as iTunes. Uh, listen to us, man. Uh, call into the show. Tell us what you think. Interact with us on Twitter. Uh, we're all uh, eager to hear from our fans. Uh, and with that, uh, Harlem Heat's going to take us out. Take us out, Harlem Heat. Yeah.